Blog Talk Radio. We can go. Hey, welcome to uh, Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're in the middle of a, a live discussion uh, with a Seth group, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, the concepts, the Jane Roberts concepts of, of uh, how your thoughts and beliefs create your reality. So we are about midstream in discussion already. So we're going to let you kind of join us and listen in for the next 45 minutes. We won't be able to take uh, live calls during uh, this particular series, but um, you're welcome to listen in and hope you get some good insight from the show. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, I totally get it. Okay. All right, so <laughs> we're almost getting pushed out, right? I see you're on, you're on speaker? Yeah. Okay, let's go check it out. Okay. So, welcome. Go ahead, what you were talking about. I like the Empress stuff. Me too. Let's yeah. talk the Empress and the Priestess. We're talking about um, dissolving the Catholic judgment on the, what is it? The feminine. The feminine, which is the Madonna and the Whore archetype. And that... Yeah. Uh, but I just think in general, it's just not even not even as strong as crazy as the archetypes. It's just very simple that the feminine dynamic and consciousness is restricted to a certain level of expression, and it has to be non-threatening, and it has to be docile, and the sexual energy has to only be in a certain way, only under certain conditions. So that has to add to it when you've had that impact of the shame that they mm. only work with. They imbue shame immediately. Right. And I think a lot of the nuns, though, really believe that they were, that this is the way it has to do, but they carry that message of shame of just being feminine, period. Yeah, and, the, and, it, and if, you, if you look at, this is always an interesting thing about discussing that archetype, and definitely related to the prosperity thing. In, in, in the Jewish culture, the, the, the reference to, to God, goddess was seen much more as a goddess form than necessarily God, although they did not pinpointed as male or female, but it was the reference was all the, the idea of the goddess taking care of you, the abundance of the goddess and, and all those those dynamics as well too were discussed. And from from what we've been talking about about some of the roots of Catholicism, again a lot of that to me was rooted in sort of shame the feminine and the idea of and I, I think even when it comes to the idea of, of, of creating prosperity, you know I think a lot of people have that ideal that you want to be rich and you want to be successful, but I also think a lot of us carry beliefs about wealthy people being shallow and not necessarily as spiritual. Or And it's interesting when you say that because as, like, a woman, I identify, like, in my head there's this imprint of only men being successful and rich, and that doesn't even energetically fit with, like you said, the goddess abundance. Like, that's a totally different vibe and a totally different feeling. So it's like in order for me to attract the abundance and prosperity I want, it's like connecting with that feeling of the feminine abundance as opposed to try to be like a man, you know, businessman, wealthy, successful, like, energy, if that makes sense. No. It's like that's like a filter that's it's over. Look at but, but, like, when you just said that, it, it just goes back to simplifying it even more is how do you feel? And how can you just not keep reinforcing the shame or the associations, because you, you're making the association with money not being a creative um, result, 
but more as a that it's gone out and earned, and it's got to be earned in this physical go get it kind of way. I think because that's the only like way I've one seen it safely done, as right. opposed to accessing my own inner resources safely, because it is associated with that shame of like judgment and whatnot. So it's like, oh, okay, since I can't access that, I'll try to do it that way, but it's like that doesn't fit. So it's like, get, 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 that conflict. So removing that from it and just embracing it, I think. Well, I, I always get stuck on the, the fact about the sexual energy not being, it, it's the same exact creative energy. It's just what? Where, what, whatever dynamic you're flowing it through. So the same psychic energy, the same sexual energy, the same creative energy, the same loving energy, the same connecting force to all of the humans is all the same thing. But yet when you're when you're crimping off such a huge aspect of it and you're saying you can only like eke it out in little drips and drabs in only these ways. Right. And then you give a very narrow way that it can be presented acceptably without getting shamed. That how do we create and do any of that stuff? It's amazing that we're getting anywhere with it. Yeah. And, but I think I'm not just saying it as far as women go. I'm saying I think the same feminine aspect within men, you're not allowed it. Completely. It's judged and you're weak. And so this whole idea that we are restricting this, it's got to go. It's, it's, all right. <laughs> it's got to go. Yeah, I, I had, when I was ill in the last couple weeks, I still was taking appointments. I just wasn't doing a ton of them. And I had a couple of points where I got very emotional, even cried a little bit with, with, with clients. Uh, this, it was sort of a shared, connected, that seventh house to me. You should marry everybody. There's a certain dance between all humans that you, you find a link between that person. And, and with the effect that it had, and I partly know this, but I needed more awareness of this, I guess, in my own way, was that it was very impactful for those sessions for people as well to see me at, at that vulnerably in a way. Because, again, the same thing happens. Like when I'm with a client and they start crying, my thought in my mind is bingo. Like this is really good. Like I'm glad you're releasing all this emotion. If you can do this in front of me safely and comfortably, um, I'm very proud that you're doing that. Yet I wouldn't give myself the same leeway as a man sometimes because I would see that as weakness at one level or another as well too. And it's nonsense. That's that, that is part of, of being human. Again, it's the same thing, expressing emotion, expressing sexual energy. All of these things are, you know, part of that, that, uh, that dynamic. So, totally. You haven't said anything. You did real quiet. <laughs> I can't get a word in. That's why I can't say it. He's like, what's doing that? Are you trying to be polite? Then? Keep shut up for a minute. I'm listening just as our audience is listening. Yeah, yeah probably, right. The question that occurred to me a few moments ago is like, what are, uh, can you come up with, uh, and I'm sure you can, some practical examples of where this is being manifested in a negative way? Well, the first thing out of my mind is all the material that we're reading says that you create your own reality. And that whatever it is that we want is already present. And the only thing that is preventing us from moving into it and that becoming real in our world is how much of that creative force we're letting flow in a given receive. So if we keep restricting it, and so, oh, let's use money. I, I want money to come to me, but my creativity or my, my 
all the list of belief systems I have squeezes that like I just fountain or like I just had an epiphany too. We've been taught not to trust our own feminine power. Like Right, but he he's saying like what's what's an example of that, like in real life. So if I even want to go to make money or go to ask for a raise or something along those lines, instead of being like, this is the job that I do, this is what it's worth, this is what I, I want, all this, and especially I'm in social work, so there's a whole stigma about I should be giving and loving and not asking for money and it's nonprofits and, you know, everybody in a nonprofit doesn't get paid. Yeah, playing at the McDonald's. Yeah. So the effect to assert myself and be in a role where I'm supposed to be very giving and nurturing to the ones I'm working with, that becomes a conflict. And I'm, I'm told that I can't ask for those two things at the same time. It's an expectation that you suck it up and you get paid, you know, you're going to get paid shitty money to do this kind of intensely valid human, human work. It's all about working with other humans and, and helping them. And I'm talking about homeless kids and I'm, there's a block with it and there's a, there's a confusion with it and the fact that our society doesn't value that type of work because it is non-profit and it's kind of like, oh, if I'm going to be a do-gooder, I'll step up to the plate and put money to it, but you, we're not. So it's like blending the, uh, that work with also receiving the, uh, the income. Well, like Katie Byron, like she's doing that work and she's receiving right. the money for it. Right. The so it's yeah maybe about like within yourself opening that valve. I mean, it, it, to me, it's always sort of boiling down to issues of self worth. If you really just sort of cut to the chase to where it goes, and it's for so many of us we were embedded with all these beliefs about what you're allowed to have and, and whether you're greedy, whether that's right and you know, and, and you know, speaking from my, my own self, I'm not greedy. That's not really my MO. I don't see the fact that you even have to think that. Right, that I have to even apologize. Why is that even right? Because right, it is. It, it's not. It's not part of my wiring. When I have a lot, I, I tend to want to be generous with people around me because that's part of my showmanship, uh, you know, as well too, and and also the validation of of your success that you can, you know, if, if the people that I love should should benefit. When I benefit, that that brings me joy. You know, not where I give it all away and I have nothing, obviously, but like that's a, just an added perk in the game. Yet, well, I think you could change that. What you just said, that whole dynamic. You would probably still be doing the same thing, but how specifically would you change? Would you want the dynamic to be in terms, in terms of, of what you just described? In terms of the, like the life that I'm living and, and what I'm doing. Yeah. What, what would you like to have the dynamic be? What I'd like the dynamic to be is to never, ever be concerned about needing money, period, at all. It just was always there. So your decisions are not based on how much you have or how much you don't have or whether you have to maneuver that. Fear. Um, yeah, they're not based on that. My, my, Fear or lack. Yeah, it would just come from me following the natural rhythms of doing the things that I would want to do in this life, many of them being altruistic acts with other people because I enjoy that. Sometimes just want to, right, just sometimes want to throw away money in Vegas for a couple of days because that's what I want to do at this point in the game or, you know what I mean? But I wouldn't, that wouldn't become the brunt of what I would do because like anything, I would be bored with that after a while too, like with being, you know, I mean, you could just travel so much before this other party that wants to sit in your own 
home in your own chair on your couch and sip a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Too. There's to me there's you one of never balance. have to think about. Period. Yeah. Period. Which is irrelevant. And, and what locks you into? It, 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 and the answer to that, that very good question is, is self-worth, that I'm not deserving of that. I, didn't, I wasn't born with a spoon in my mouth. That was, you know, that was... The that, stories you've been told. Got it. That's less holy. Yeah. We're holy because we're, we were... Suffering. We were, slight, we were middle class to slightly lower middle class when I was a kid among a neighborhood with a lot of people that made more money than my parents did. And so I took on the persona of being... We were the real family. We worked hard for everything that we had. You know what I mean? And I found a pride in that. But, you know, at 54 years old, I don't really know whether I need to hold on to that system of thought anymore. It worked to some extent to motivate me, but at this point in the game, I'm not really sure what the point of that is. At that level. Again, I'm not going to stop working, you know, whether I have money or don't have money. Well, working will take on a different... Yeah. A different uh, energy, and it won't be working out of that. It'll be working out of your joy. Yeah. It'll be, or it'll be, yeah, an energy right. from... For me, so you have to think about that, and it be basically joyful. Yeah. Listen, honestly, as a, as a, as a life coach and as an you know, astrologer and all the things that I do, between you and I, honestly, 75 to 85% of, of the client interactions that I have are largely delightful for me. I like what I do. I like most people. I mean, I run across douchebags here and there, too, that exhaust me. But even that's sort of a challenge in a way most of the time to see whether I can maneuver them inside of the house. I can maneuver them away from that dysfunction if I can try to get them to. You know, so I even enjoy that to some extent as well, too. So, again, right, it wouldn't change the course. I just identify with this guy who. You know, like I'm always constantly catching, like I, I keep catching that every time. I have this thing where every time I, I get a lot of money, I immediately say to myself, oh, okay, here comes the vultures. Now I have to pay this one and I have to pay this one. This is what happens when you get money. Then all the vultures come out and you got to pay them for your credit cards now. Now you got to pay off this. And you pay Which is like an energy of like you're filled and then yeah. holes start poking and then it leaks out. Completely. And that you have this belief that there's a bunch of vultures perched around you at every level wait and pounce and, and, and take do you. Do you have that? What? Do you have that? I have that belief or do I have that situation? No, the belief. Both. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's yeah. true in the sense I've lived that, but it, it's untrue <laughs> in that other people don't necessarily believe life to be that way. So or they what are you holding on to it for? There's no attachment to the vultures. They're just like, oh. Yeah, you, know, you get to pay them off. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Get away now. Thing. On one of the one of the tapes that you brought back from the Abraham thing, though, she was talking about somebody came up and they were explaining that about all these good things happened to them, and then they started to compare it to this time because like we've tripled or quadrupled our income and our business is doing great, but oh, you got to know where we came from. And she and they were like, why are you going there? Why are you going back to like the past and dragging the suffering in? And regardless of what anybody said, Abraham kept coming through and saying, because you think you have to justify the good that's coming to you. And the lady was saying, no, it's to inspire people. She goes, yeah, but there's a way to do it without saying, but I suffered. I, I got hurt. And then this good stuff happened. It's like you can't just be okay receiving good. You've always got to tell somebody, but, like, 
how you worked for it or you struggled for well, it. I think that's the American culture too. Like, oh, you got to put your nose to the grind. And you got to earn it. You got to work for it. You got to show your like, earn your keep or whatever. It's like even those commercials. Like, I think it's like a truck commercial. Like, work hard and like, it's like, <laughs> no. Like, there's pride in that. There's like a. Yeah, I mean, conditioning. That, that stuff plays itself. You know, it, it, it's very funny because I, I was mentioning to this group that I, I had some, uh, some brief round of some illness. I was taking a lot of hot baths and I was reading old Seth books that I read when I was younger. And I was reading a Jane Roberts book that she wrote herself called Psychic Politics. And he was, there were quotes from Seth in the book, and he was talking about the fact that even the political world and everything reflects the belief systems that we carry at one level or another. One of the points that he brought up that was very, like, insightful to me is this idea of, you know, that liberal, if you're extremely liberal, then you want everything to be, be taken care of and sort of effortless and, and easy and everybody needs some type of protection. But the conservative can has some validity to hard work and, and responsibility does have some value to it. But both of them are just reflections of this sort of dance between those two energies and those two worlds. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about that, immersing myself back into that material that way, that it is true. You, there is some value to conservative ideas and thoughts. There is some value to hard work. But on the flip side, if that's, you know, things can also come easy and naturally to you. And, and it, you know, or the work that you could put in, the work that you put in is the vibrational alignment work, like the right. real work. Like the tuning, being responsible for your vibration, being responsible for the thoughts that you're thinking, being diligent in the thoughts that you're thinking, choosing the thoughts. Like that takes discipline and that takes focus and it takes courage to, like if you're an alcoholic and you like always reach for the glass at a certain point in time and you don't want that anymore or you want to change, like when you're in the midst of reaching to alter your habit, that takes like an inner muscle and strength to do it. Yeah, so it's excellent. The work is exercising your will to better yourself or to create what you want. And, that, and that's a great analogy with the reaching for the drink. I mean, the liberal energy would be, I'm allowed to have a drink. I can enjoy that. The conservative side can say to you, well, don't have too many of them because you've got to work tomorrow and your body is going to need a certain amount of rest and repair. And you can but I think if you were aligned, yeah. you wouldn't have a drink to begin with. Right. You wouldn't. You would, if you're overdoing it, there's usually something you're trying to get away from or right. escape from. And, Absolutely. And if you're aligned with who you are right. and you're kind of keeping track of that, that alignment would just, you wouldn't need to drink. You wouldn't have the desire to reach for it. Correct. Right. But it could be a so habitual. So what fosters that? What fosters that alignment? How do you feel? Just keeping track of the thoughts which create the feelings that you're experiencing. So where are you focused in exactly what you just said? Where do you put your focus? Are you disciplined enough to put your focus on a positive thing or worry about past things right. repeating themselves? And, and that's easy and habitual. Right. Because that's the life and program we've been living. But to take command of your inner world, that takes exercise in your will and strength. So I think that's the kind of like uh, you can call it work, but it's a different kind of work. Yeah, when I when I when I gamble and play video poker, um, there's work involved in it. You, know, you my friend here, she went with me once and she gambled. I mean, you, you do recognize there is a certain level of 
mathematics to it and work, but to me, it's sing-song work. I don't, maybe I don't it's maybe it's the utilizing idea. energy. We could put it into a different term because you enjoy utilizing that energy in that form. So it's like to utilize your energy in a form that brings you joy. Well, he's in joy and he's focusing the joy. But he created the joy first. But he's saying, like we're saying, like, oh, you you got to do the work, you got to do the work. But it's like utilizing your energy. Maybe that's what could be like synonymous with work. You're utilizing energy and directing it to something you enjoy doing. So you're putting something in, you're investing, you're creating, like, with something you like. It, it, it's also like, for me, like it's a love of mathematics. I'm calculating on every hand what the correct, yeah, what the correct maneuver is in terms of mathematics. Whereas other people might find that to be repugnantly. Exhausting. Oh, he's, he's figuring out. Okay, well, there's, there's there's six spots to be filled. The math is we pull five cards out of the deck, ready to so mathematically that would be, that would be you know one in one in sixteen chance I have of pulling an ace here, and that's so. But it makes sense because the ratio pay. So that's being done instantaneously in calculation. But for other people, again, they don't they want to want to play a game like that. This is too much work involved. But for me, like again, example, that sing song work for me. I love the playment of the mathematics itself. It's fascinating. It's interesting. Your North Node is in Gemini. Gemini like to use their brain, like to, like to exercise, like that. In my money house, in the second house. Oh, yeah. Top of it. yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, again, to me, it's like I'm enjoying. I'm 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 analyzing how many points I've earned and whether this is earned meal or not. Whether this is, so all these things go into it in a way that, again, it's work, but it's play. You know, ultimately at the same time. Um, so, again, I, I, I understand that most people are not going to enjoy it to the degree that I do. Or in the same way. Yeah, in the same way. You know, again, your, your mom, when, when she was playing, she's doing a lot of hands <laughs> by intuition. <laughs> you know, I want to smack her in one way, but another part of me is like, you know, it's good for her. That's her because form she, of your and, and she did fine. Anyway, you know, it's, it's against mathematics because she was going with the flow of you know, square spirit instruction. I like the three. I'll hold the three. <laughs> You don't hold it. Oh, you know what I mean? But then she, oh, she pulled two more threes. Okay. So, you know, mathematically, I don't really sound, but in terms of her, but the whole time, she's just delighted by the colors and the numbers and commenting on the sound of the music and how it feels in here. And I'm like, that's also part of it, mm-hmm. is immersing yourself into the, the experience of feeling things, and, you know, as well. So. It's a funny, it's a funny, it's a funny thing about about what what work and play are. Mm-hmm. My goal in life has been to allow those things to completely interject yes. and entwine with each other, so they're, they're completely fluid. Yeah. You know, at, at, at one level or another, because like I said, I'll do all bitch because I have to do laundry and have to iron clothes, and then the truth is, I like it. Good at it. Listen to tunes. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I, six house. You know, we need the detail. Like, I, I enjoy it in a way, in a sense. See, that's why, like, this whole goal of, of manifesting a lot more wealth that we're all on to create and will, um, I'm even enjoying the details of it and getting there. Yeah. Like, already we've uncovered so much yeah. about our inner worlds that have been sparked because of this past journey. This is, this is going to make great stories. Yeah. And, and then, like, once we get it, it would be like, 
Okay, what next? <laughs> like so we, we have a specific target for some wealth of some sort, but along that path, there's all kinds of peripheral side benefits, uh, unintended or unanticipated positive consequences. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Unintended positive consequences. I yeah. like that. Unintended positive yeah. consequences. Yeah. Be, like that's my, great my thing, you know, I told you guys the story of my little Las Vegas trip. Uh, Winning just $75, but a huge victory on one push of the button. It was the only one I did that night <laughs> on the slot machine. And then coming back and somehow um, getting caught at almost 100 miles an hour by a highway patrolman, and the highway patrolman decides to let me off. Tells me, Thanks, thank you for your service, sir. Yeah, that was an amazing story. But also, I always think when you told that story, the thing that also dawned on me is also how you played that. You also didn't go in with antagonism. You went in with, with healthy humility in that sense. Well, you, you played that correctly. To, to make That it. is true. And that came from an expectation. Because I knew it could play out that way. I knew I could create it that way. And learning that is all, you know, was or beginning to learn that creation is, the, is one of the necessary steps to getting towards the wealth we're pointing towards. But then there was that other benefit of escaping some negative consequences. Yes. Well, you somebody could have snagged that $75 right out of your pocket for that ticket. And then sold. What? By tenfold. <laughs> But I, I think that, you know, when when you read a lot of books about the business paradigm and succeeding in the business world, there's often sort of a doggy dog yeah. type of an energy vibe where I think a lot of it is about being cooperative and which is feminine. Absolutely charming and, and you know, being you know, dare I say feminine, being funny and being cute and being entertaining and you know I mean all the things that I was, in essence, often punished for when I was younger and told I was manipulating because I was doing that. <laughs> Later on, realizing that it was just ugly and attractive people saying, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just, what I really mean is it was people that were not good at doing that. Utilizing but energy in that way. It was more that if you, again, like when you got pulled over by the cop saying, you didn't say to him, what are you pulling me over for? I mean, I wasn't doing anything wrong. So now you've added the fact that now you're telling this cop that he's stupid and he doesn't, he can't read the fact that you're speeding in the first place. Right? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the humbleness to me is more about. What did you being, say? Healthy humility? Yeah. I like that. Maybe healthy humility. Um, what would be the connected word to like create positive consequences? Well, I know that one of the thoughts that went through my mind at the time is how can I contribute to this guy's day? And out of that comes behaviors that you could call humility. But I knew what he wanted to hear. Yeah. I also knew what he didn't want to hear. He did not want to hear excuses. And, I mean, on some level, he's a kind person, and he doesn't want to, like, like uh, cause you any trouble right. either. Like, in his heart, he probably did wanted you to be just fine. So it's like you guys connected with that true kindness within your own heart. Well, my idea was if I care for him, 
that creates the fertile ground for him to kick the right. And also, it's a win-win dynamic because you're not going to walk away going, I can't believe I got away with this. Now I'm going to do 150 miles an hour again because I pulled it off. Intention. More now the, from the, the, the healthy restraint is to say, you're right, I, I'm, I get lead-footed, and that's not a good thing. So thank yeah. you for reminding me that I'm, I'm, I'm going too fast. You know, I don't need to be punished for it financially. Yeah. I just needed a reminder that I'm moving out of the bounds of. Which is coming from a place of appreciation, a true, like, pure appreciation. And maybe that's the cooperative yeah. energy, too. Yeah, it's the general reason that I don't speed when I, if I'm driving up to Vegas, I might go seven miles over the speed limit. I change my push it to nine. But I won't. When I see someone doing 20 miles over and whizzing around me, my thought in my mind is, dude, you're going to hit an animal, and you're going to hit a, you could hit a person, you could, you could fall out of control. So I know you want to get there faster, but is the 20 minutes worth the fact that you're driving in beautiful terrain with saguaro cactus? And I don't really know if I want to miss this either, in that sense too. Uh, What's that? Yeah. You can see. Is that 30 minutes? Oh, no, the, well, the show is... Uh, uh, yeah, we've been at 30 yeah, minutes now. I don't even we were going to say it. 45? Oh, we've got more time than that. Okay. No, I booked for an hour, so we've got an hour. Oh, okay, chat. So, okay. so, so we're going. No, we're going. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, these are these are very casual, you know. Our, our goal, anyway, is, we, you know, we, if you're not sitting here with us, and you're listening to show, we want you to be sitting here with us in, in energy. You know what I mean? Hopefully we're we're reflecting certain things to get yeah. you know, to get you guys to think as well too. We yeah. wanna be successful. We wanna we like our listening audience to also be more prosperous, you know. And I think when people are listening to like their brains start firing on some kind of energetic level, we can pick up on like what they're thinking and like incorporate it into the conversation. Absolutely. So yeah, if anybody wants to call in, feel free. Oh, yeah, that's, no, I'm not, I'm not on the, I'm not on the, I, I have to be careful about that. Because oh, oh. Not, look, we can check. If somebody wants to call in, they can. Yeah, we'd love to hear from um, you. I hadn't thought about that. Let me see. We'd I love gotta, to hear what you think or, yeah, your contributions to the conversation. Um, okay, yeah, I've got to, I have to figure out how to get to that page where I can see if someone's calling. Or also feel free to comment on Jim's page. Um yeah. Anything that you want to say, or if you want a particular topic to discuss, we could certainly work it into the conversation. Okay, so, you know, our, the guest call in number is 646 200 3966 for the next 10 or 15 minutes. If anybody does want to call in and comment, uh, you're absolutely again. welcome to. Say the number again. Uh, the number is 646 200 3966. Woo! I got that. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we can we, we, we could take a call or two if you're catching us um, if you're catching us uh, live. The bigger thing is a lot of people are catching this in archive. Mm. So you know that's why you don't always get a huge stream uh, necessarily coming through that way. Um, okay. That'd be awesome. So yeah, I'm good. Uh, you know, back in the day when I was doing radio, I, uh, yeah, sometimes I'd get, like, the blooper person that would call in to try to do something, you know, wise-ass or, you know, sarcastic. <laughs> you would get a lot of them. You just get one or two here and there. And I, of course, like, when that would happen, like, one, like, it doesn't really bother me in a sense because most of the time, like, if it's actually funny, 
<laughs> and of course, I'm, I'm impressed. And most of the time, they were terrible. And it was like more like it was like, all right, I'm going to crucify you for saying something so dumb. You know, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, but uh, I, I do remember a couple of times with with some anyone if someone gets something funny, they hang up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like drive by call. It's like the you know the, the the pervert caller at the house too. You know, back in the day where it was like. You know what are you doing? It's like you got to you got to scare me. I'm going to play with this <laughs> at every level. Anyway, so any insights on your walk? No, but what I keep thinking about is you talking about the practicality, and I keep at this point I feel like I've had such a shift in the way I'm thinking and seeing things that it, it it's like all practical. Like every bit of it is practical. And one of the things I've listened to recently is this concept of looking at your current environment and what is it reflecting back to you. So if your environment is constantly being reproduced based on your vibration, you can tell what vibration you're putting out there by what's happening in your environment right now. Well, that was your vibration before. And so all these different little things that we bring up, like, so how was your week? What happened? And we bring up these things. Those things, even as minute or ridiculous as, you know, your car, the oil leaking or or winning something or uh, somebody at work annoying you, it's all, it's all about you. And it's all about reflecting back to you what you're putting out. And then so we get this to the circumstances, but they're really neutral. It's just what we put out. So imagine if everything you're dealing with every day is a reflection of where your vibration is and your flow of giving and receiving. So the control factor of that alone, the influence that you could have, the the changing the dynamics of your every day is completely within your power to do instantly. And the empowerment. It's incredibly empowering. So I can't envision anything about this that isn't practical. Do you know what I'm saying? When I'm trying to come up with real, somebody can relate to it and how it's practical, everyday life, everything that you're experiencing is under your influence and control. And the more you want to argue against it, it's like, well, there you go. That's what you're doing. And then I think that's what Katie Byron, too, like arguing with reality and like, uh, just like when you realize like everyone is there reflecting you, the world is always a kind place. It's what you're thinking and believing about it that's causing the pain. Right. Like, yeah, when she, when she did the, the two heavier one, like, breaking it down, like, literally, like, to the moment you're in, like, like in that nanosecond of a moment, are you okay? And catching yourself, what are, are you, is it what's happening outside or is it what you're thinking and believing is going to happen that's causing the suffering. It's like breaking it down to that minuscule level. Well, it's also wasted distraction in a way, too, and, and being naturally human. Too. You get mad at somebody doing this to you or this person getting the job you thought you were going to have. Or, you know what I mean? But to, to me, it's valid in a, in, a, in, a, in a tangible, practical way, but it's not really valid in terms of movement or focus because if you it, you know, there's a great quote of the Runes, uh, 
in the, in the Ralph Blum book of runes interpretations where he says the battle of the spiritual warrior is always with the self. Right. Wow. And so you are, it's again, like what you were saying, it's more about you have some type of block in receiving. And, and again, say you didn't get a job that you really wanted and someone else got that job. You can look at it as a victimization thing where you can recognize that maybe you didn't get that job because one, you don't really want it. And there's something else that is, is better in play. So you and you're mad at that the, the the boss now that has that job and how could she talk to you that way and, and and maybe that you maybe it turns out that she ends up being a good boss and and then you know like I always use this as an example when I was a when I was um, 16 17 years old the first job job I had in a traditional sense I worked paper routes and shoveling snow and I was always doing shit to make money when I was a kid but when I had a job job as a bus boy. Um, I remember um, within about eight months of having that job, they promoted me at the tender age of 17, just turning 18 to assistant manager, because they were not used to someone who was that, I'll say this in a humorously racist way, German, <laughs> in that you show up for work and you work hard and you stay longer and you, I mean, and you, so I just had a really strong work ethic that was so glad that I had that job. And so they promoted me to manager. And I, had, I did that for, for two to three years. And I remember, like, the whole time I was doing it, I just would watch the waiters and the bartenders that worked in the restaurants that were part of it. It was a Bethpage Street Park golf course restaurant, and they did weddings and had two catering halls they used. And, and I just remember the whole time observing that the people that seemed to be having fun with the waiters and, and, the, and the bartenders, they would come in, they would work, they would make more money than me, and they'd leave. <laughs> And I was this idiot that was, like, responsible for 12, 13 people and all this other stuff. And, I, again, I remember at, at a fairly couple of years into that being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in charge of people and responsible for them. It's annoying. And I, I just want to. And so I ended up quitting that job after three years and, and just waiting tables and bartending. And a lot of people were like, why would you give up the responsibility the prestige? Well, well, the prestige, you know what I mean? I'm in charge. Good to say I'm in charge. You know I mean, no, I don't want to take it home with me every day. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't think the bartender has the most, most prestige. They, they like to think of the captains or the, you know, the maitre d's or whatever. It's the bartender. The bartender is like the one with all the personality. Did that work out for you? What? Did you get the joy from bartending? Much more so. I had a really good time waiting table and bartending for a couple of years. And then I was doing astrology charts and reading tarot cards and, and all these other things anyway, too, for my friends. And, and I was making enough money to pay my bills and things. And, and when I was 27, somebody just said, hey, you should print up business cards and start charging people to do readings. And that's how that business started. I told you guys I'm going to start, right? Yeah, I'm good. You yeah. Just, it's, I'm telling you, it's just a tangible thing. Yeah. You, you, you're doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, just don't, don't, you don't have to charge a huge amount in the beginning. You know, I, I charge, I, I remember when I did this in, I started doing it in 19, I think, so it was about 1990, it was about 1996, maybe, 97, and I, I started, you know, the process of, of, of charging people and everything. I was I was $30 an hour, you know, I'm not even wiping my ass for $30 an hour at this point in the game, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, but at the same time, um, that was, I just remember the first time I, I did it, and somebody paid me too. Just being like, I think that I just got paid for doing something I totally love. Yeah. And I'm just talking. Yeah. You know, that sounds it's such a weird, like, lightning bolt of 
you know, and I, I, listen, and I have, I do a lot of marketing and things. So if, I, if I'm making a hundred an hour, you know, there's hours every week that go into marketing. And then you're defending life. it. Uh, exactly. You're defending See, it. Again, yeah, exactly. Glad you brought up that point. There you go. There's always sort of this. this See, moment. but I earned it. See, but I did this right. to sacrifice for it. So I only deserve it or it's only yeah. okay if. I'm not even going to argue. You're absolutely right. It is. We, we qualify like crazy at, yep. at one level, and it's all completely unnecessary. Why are you not just allowed to do that? Well, that's the thing that I got excited about on this, this new tape. There's a gentleman that comes up there who's very much, um, he has a certain presence. And he's discussing it with um, Esther, you know, doing Abraham thing back and forth. And there's this dynamic that when somebody's talking about life is awesome and I'm awesome and I'm having a great time and I feel good, and well, you want to be like, oh, yeah, well, that's not going to last long. Or, well, who does he think he is? Or, and all of a sudden this time I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, I want to, yeah, I want to feel okay about that. I just want to be like, yeah, I'm incredibly awesome, and I just want to be okay with that. And I don't want to explain that there was a time that I didn't think I was awesome, yeah. and I had all this insecurity, and I had to go, like, blah, blah, shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> right. just go to the part that enjoy being awesome. And talk about and, it. Yeah, just be, like, just okay with it without having to talk about suffering or how I earned this awesomeness now. It's more like what I stripped away right. to reveal the awesomeness and just feel good about it. But... And there is that whole other side that people like to tear you down. But am I going to focus on those people or am I just going to focus on how much fun I'm having being completely awesome? And okay. I don't even want to do the fucking therapy right now. Right. Like, and, and, awesome. and think about, listen, the people that are going to get irritated with you because it sounds like you're bragging or that you're doing all this other things because that's their own restriction yeah. in living a limited existence. Yeah. Other people are going to be motivated right, exactly. by... Listen, when I say wise-ass, terrible things often and purposefully in that sense, and humor, none of this is accidental. I do it, one, because I'm a pig and I enjoy doing it because it's funny. And, and you're being two, authentic. Right, I'm being authentic. <laughs> and then, two, I love to get other people to see the value in humor. Come on, man. You know, I mean, it's the breaker of every single sacred right, cow. It just knocks it all down at every level. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at how ludicrous the world is at one level or another, because it is really, really funny. It's very hard to be sad when you're laughing. That may sound like the dumbest statement ever, but it's true. You know? I had this situation where my two-year-old son was just like the <laughs> Tasmanian devil. Like, there was nothing. You'd walk around the house and find forks inside the electric <laughs> Like, it just, how is this happening? And I remember just this one day being so overwhelmed by this. And I just sat on the kitchen floor, and I was just, I could feel myself starting to cry, like just out of frustration. And he suddenly, I gave up to figure out where he was in the house. <laughs> and he came up and stood next to me and kept patting my head and, like, looking in my face and, like, smiling and saying something. And all of the energy that was coming out in the crying, suddenly I start laughing hysterically, and he plops himself in my lap. And I'm sitting on the kitchen floor laughing now at myself that I'm going to cry over this. He's like, finally, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> because it was like I couldn't maintain control. I was concerned about his safety. I was overwhelmed by this. And finally, it was like, don't even fight this anymore. Right. Don't even The changing, the crying energy just really transformed right into laughter. And it was so much more pleasant. But yet, I released all that energy. 
And I, I just was able to look at the whole thing differently and not take myself so freaking seriously about this. And I've got this two-year-old patting my head at me and like, now you get it. Yeah. <laughs> and now here we are. Moving in my world. Yeah. Like, what are you getting all crazy about? Just like, I'm just running around having a good time. I haven't got to electrocute Because I do. I, I think that as a mother, then you're thinking about whether, you know, whether he does electrocute himself or, or, or all these things that you're responsible for and you're not yeah. doing a good enough job as a mother. Other people can handle this. I seem, I, I seem to not be able to do this. So, I mean, this is, yeah. as opposed to just being in the present. Like, this is annoying in the moment in that respect. Well, imagine that, a two-year-old being annoying. Let me call the presses because this has never happened. Or this is fun. I'm getting exercise. I'm playing hiding the right. feet. Yeah. He's like and what if I had the same vitality and, and life force to me as well, too? What if I... I'm not going to stick a fork in a side of myself, but another level. Or maybe it was like a gamble, like, am I going to get electrocuted? <laughs> yeah. But it was awesome to do it through laughing at myself. It was way, felt way, way better than despairing over the failure, the gigantic failure of the image or holding of what a mother is supposed to be. Right. I was like, oh, forget it. I, just, I can't do this anymore. They were live, they're breathing, and... <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going as anywhere. good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no reason to find. Well, there's that whole dance about the helicopter parent of the, the modern age as well, too. And you do, you hear some element of truth in some conservative thinking about, like, when we were kids, we didn't wear our helmets and we, you know, I mean, I'm not suggesting. Drove we, in the back of the pickup. Listen, right. We, we did some things that looking back on it were, my brother used to, we had an electric lawnmower and my brother would run over the. Oh my God. Because he was so mad at the world all the time, anyway, too angry Virgo, and uh, and he'd run over the and then when it was my turn to mow the lawn, run over the like he'd, the, 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 he'd run over the, the the extension cord itself. Oh, oh, that's and so it would it sometimes chop it up a little bit. And it, at, at at one point, as a kid, I'm mowing the lawn and I picked up the thing and I basically got electrocuted for like two seconds, a shock going to my entire body. And, of course, it just instinctively dropped the cord. At one level, I'm like, he's unconsciously trying to kill me because he hates me. You know what I mean? So that I can attest to. At one level, I lived, you know, obviously, and I just began, I wear gloves the next time I, you know, I mow the lawn because of my stupid brother was running over the, you know, running over well, the well, well, I have a great relationship with that brother by now, by the way, now too. So that we just hated each other when we were kids, you know. But that's something that Seth material brought out. That I swear to God, it was like a hundred pounds fell off my shoulder. This idea that if you are creating your own reality, you're doing things that, on a wiser level, you understand what you're doing and you're picking and choosing, and that we're not in a vicious universe that's out to get us. Right. That we have to protect so, ourselves. So it's like you get to do stupid stuff because you're checking it out, and you're not gonna you're not gonna kill yourself. And I know people don't like to hear that, like a, a ten year old falling out of a window or something right. like that and getting killed, and it's horrific, and what you go through and the the loss and everything. But is the kid okay? Right. I mean, spiritually, the kid is okay. He's gone on, and and no, I haven't had a child die. And yeah. I don't think I do well with it, but. It's just this idea that if we don't have to protect against every element that is threatening us, that we have more of an interaction with things that are happening and more control over them so that we're picking and choosing. I completely agree. I mean, to me, you can get upset that your kid is, your seven-year-old is rolled around in mud and is covered in dirt, or you can recognize they're probably strengthening their immune system. 
at one level or another. I mean, there's a line that you, you can walk with it in that respect as well, too. But, again, like I said, I do. I look back at my childhood, and I did some unbelievable stuff along the way, and I'm still here and, and, and still alive, you know, alive and kicking. And I think that when, when a parent is overprotective as well, too, you're sending a message that the universe is a dangerous place. Yes. And you, you need to protect yourself at all costs. And, and they you know, need you to constantly tell them what's okay and not okay, and we're not right. allowing people to trust themselves. We're not building that trust of their own instincts and their own guidance. What we're doing is just going, oh, you don't know. So I'm going to protect this and I'm going to not let you do this and this is what you can and cannot do. Right. And the unsafe universe is just totally. How, can, how do you not have fear? It's the power of the universe is coming to get you. Yeah. If you don't behave right. I mean, you you might have to tell a four-year-old or not to walk in traffic right, for obvious reasons because the child is just learning that. But if you're 46 years old and you're terrified of crossing the street entirely, <laughs> you might have to recognize you haven't let go of a, a belief and structure in a way where that means you look both ways, you, you figure out when it's time to cross the road, but you don't become permanently locked. Now, I wonder about that with people that have, have developed extreme phobias like, you know, where they can't leave the house or, or things of, of that nature as well, too. I wonder if there's a certain amount that stems from, you know, kind of... Well, the hypnotherapy, I would say, it always ended up being some what was classified as a past life experience. Yeah. That you're simultaneously connecting in to that to that experience from some other... What is that? Existence, personality, life? Yeah, a probable self, you know, simultaneous yeah. self in, in, yeah. in time that uh, you could chronologically find in time, I'm sure, you know, I mean, at one level or another, but, um, the yeah. simultaneous self. Yeah, I like the idea of simultaneous self. I've always thought that that's a valid, that's a valid way of viewing it, even though that simultaneous self might live in 1643, <laughs> according to calendar times, you know, because of the experience that you have. 1643 is right now. You got it. Yeah. But it, you, to me, like, anybody see that show called Outlander? Yeah, fucking love that show. Uh, oh my god, Jamie. Okay, Holy so shit. Like, it's just like Jamie. an archetype. They're both of them are. Yeah. Her and him are both the archetype. I want both of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're, like they're, the they're just beautiful, people. like people and and integritous and. But the he's, thing that oh, yeah. it is, it's we amazing. Really well Jamie. done. Well, there, he's she's both masculine and feminine within Absolutely. her own right, and he's both masculine Completely. and feminine within his own right. And you have to pick it up. It's yeah, stars. 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 Uh, it's oh really good. It it's it's it'll eventually be on Amazon, yeah. unquestionably. You you want to catch it? It's cool. It's it's well. You learn some. I I learned so much about partnership and relating. Yeah, it's like they really listen yeah. to each other. They respect each other. They're like like, yeah, it's incredible. It's very sensual in a very like healthy oh, way. Oh, it, it is. Yeah, it is. It's female form. There's more no like right. Like, <laughs> like Game of Thrones <laughs> was more kind of masculine dominated yeah. yeah you know they, they did have frontals which I really appreciated but in Outland well, he was also a man who wrote it this is a woman who wrote that yeah she wrote Jamie yeah right. you can yeah. tell a woman wrote Jamie because but she has she's he's still masculine oh absolutely right. and it's like my thing like they respect each other that's yeah. the coolest part but I always think that like the concept of time travel that was drifting way off you're allowed to <laughs> uh, with the whole concept of drifting off is I think that the reason I don't believe in time travel in the traditional sense of that you could actually go into errors because I think that 
there's so many imprints that you're not vibrating with. I think you could view it. I think you yeah. could view it out of body. I think you could completely immerse yourself into it from observation, but I don't think you could impact it because there's so many beliefs and other variables. I feel the same way about aliens. It's like you have to be wearing vibrational suits yeah, for that time. Yeah, completely immerse yourself into the time and the thinking and all of that. I think the same thing with aliens. I think a lot of the, the, the UFOs that people see are unmanned probes that are, or that, are, that are poking around and collecting information. they can have intelligence to be able to more. They can, too. They yeah. can create well, I, I think they're not all of them. I think in some cases they've okay. learned how to do that. But I think that my other thought would be that if you – if you immerse yourself into the physical, into this world physically, and completely immerse yourself there, right? If you if you fall or you have sex with someone or something, you now immerse yourself into the karma and the energy of that time, which then can pull you back in to work out something that you might have to work out because of the balancing of karma. So I think that there's a lot of interesting variables. I love the concept of, of Outlander anyway. With the Are we talking about the how they hook up? And yeah, I love it anyway, but I don't know if it's possible in, in the sense that they're referring to it, you know. I don't think they did a quantum investigation. <laughs> no. I think it's more like just a romance <laughs> novel. It's, 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 all, it's, all, it's all romance, right? It, 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 it's all romantic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's good. They're right. I, you're right. It's female porn. She's a cancer, a Capricorn with a cancer sun and a Venus and Sagittarius. Okay. I was like, there's a Venus and Sagittarius. How adventurous, like, their relationship is. Oh, yeah. It's very, and, and they're both just painfully strong in a strong way. Strong yeah. just like you're not going to. And he's so strong in his own ability. It's just like you just watch him and you're like, oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> well, you guys told me that two weeks ago. Now, now I'm going to pay for it. Now, because now, he said it, right? <laughs> no, it's just it's come up again. <laughs> it's, That's yeah, my it's clue. amazing. It's such a great show. Well, and then there's the, then you have the, you've got the, Male porn and so a female porn of Game of Thrones as well. Oh, yeah. We're just coming up in April. I've never seen that. Oh, my God. Just for the record, both, again, it's the same thing. Jon Snow and Queen of Dragons are two delicious humans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. You know what I mean? Both of them are just the epitome of perfection. Yeah, another So if I'm going to do that, just start it at the beginning and I'll get what you're talking about. If you want to swing by. I, I, I should rent my fucking game of thrones. Yeah, I, I have like all seven seasons, and I can't tell you. I'm always juggling between you have season two, you've got four, you got to get back to me. This guy's up to five. Like, so speed it up. I got someone on hold. <laughs> I've got a waiting list. But if you want to take a couple of seasons at a time, and, and what most people binge watch, it's like because you after two or three, you're like, oh no no no, I, I got to find yeah. out what's going on here. So if you want to borrow the seasons to watch yeah, it, so you're caught up by eight. And it's so great because like, it's like there's so many different dynamics, there's so many different characters, and it's like just when you hate a character, uh, he does something, you're like, humanize. Yeah. And I love the, I love that there are so many strong female characters within it. All of them, way yeah. That are just like it's just profound. I didn't how, see any weak characters. I know weak character. everyone is. I mean, the, even the, the redhead, the you know, Sansa? she was, it's Sansa was such a weak character initially. Now it's like she is the queen of her, her transformation, dignity, and you know, you don't mess with my family. You think you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, it's just brilliant. I could barely even stand it. And <laughs> Tyrion is one, one of my favorites. My my brother, my brother Joe. Uh, who's uh, similar to my other two brothers in forty? It could be about everything. He always says that he has a straight crush on Jon Snow. 
And I'm like, yeah. of course you do. It's like yeah. the epitome of integrity and, you know, right. it's like just bravery and you know. vulnerability. And, and the same thing with Daenerys, the queen of the dragons, uh, again, too. You're just like, the stuff that she does, it's like she just, they're trying to burn her and she's just like, you know, but you're not what, burning look at me. What's happening. You know? What you're saying is this whole, I think it's so exciting because now this whole new vision of feminine consciousness right. is is going mainstream. And not only are they just showing the women, they're not wearing shoulder pads and trying to keep up with the men playing golf and smoking cigars. It's more like now the men are being shown to have that kind of sensitivity, using their intuition, being honest with their feelings, being vulnerable, and still being the modeling of how to do it and not lose what you cherish as your mind. What? She's just telling us we have a 90-second window. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. That's why I always laugh when I hear people say, oh, you don't watch television because it's all terrible. It's not all terrible. Do you think these, like Outlander and Daniel Jones, are having a positive impact on society? Yeah. Unquestionably to me. And that's I think it can or it can't. Right. To me, it's already giving oh, me, like, female, right. like, like, just the changing in the perception, like, of female characters. But mainstream vulnerable men. Yeah, that mainstream yeah, strong feminine women. We haven't had a lot of TV right. models of that. We haven't had that played and that many people going, this is great. Right. It's showing the acceptance for it. Cool. All right, guys, so we're, we're winding down on the show. Thanks for, for joining us here today. Uh, we'll be back next month, and, and we'll, we'll trip into about 37 different categories. <laughs> Again, we'll, 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 we'll get around to that. Hashtag but, uh, Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you know, feel free to comment. Um, you know, anyway, we're here on, on Blog Talk Radio and, and, you know, and post your thoughts and ideas. We, we'd love you to, you know, share with us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, not, <laughs> no, not, the not, not so much the ugly. Yeah, yeah. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Uh, wishing everybody uh, you know, a prosperous new year as we start the year of the big. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>